0: and proposal emails and so much more. All you gotta do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're gonna send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're gonna get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening, you're awesome. What is up, my friend, Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. We're on episode 129. Hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great day and uh, I'm glad you're here. You know, whether this is your first time or you've been listening for a while, really do appreciate it. In fact, if you've been listening for a while, then would you do me a favor sometime? Would you just stop by iTunes and leave us a rating and review? That would really help us out. We really appreciate that. We got a lot of ratings and reviews and and always good to hear from you. Want to make sure we're scratching where you're itching and that we're helping you out in your speaking journey. So definitely stop by uh, iTunes and uh, help us out there. Also, we're going to be doing some listener Q&A today. We've been doing these for the past few episodes. we got a couple more we're going to get to today. And so before we do, let me remind you, if you have a question that you would like us to answer on an upcoming episode of the podcast, you definitely want to stop by thespeakerlab.com slash, well, I don't even know what it's slash, just thespeakerlab.com and go to Ask Grant right at the top of the page there, thespeakerlab.com and go to the Ask Grant tab right at the top there and leave us preferably your voicemail question. So today we've got two questions that come from Stephanie and john stephanie and john stephanie asked about uh, client thank yous you know what should you give a thank you gift what should you give and so we talked through five different things that we do for uh, clients after we speak and then we also got a question from john about the difference between being a non-profit and a for-profit as a speaker and and which one makes the most sense so both great questions here and i think you're going to enjoy those so let's get right into it here's my uh my i was gonna say conversation it's them asking me answering so let's get right into questions from uh, stephanie and john enjoy Hi, Grant. This is Stephanie Selasik from Ames, Iowa. My website is stephanieselasik.com. My question is in regard to appropriate thank yous for clients. I'm wondering through your years of experience, do you just like to stick with handwritten notes or do you prefer to give them something with your logo possibly in website? Or maybe you might have some different recommendations that have worked well for you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the question, Stephanie. I like this. Thank you after the event. What do you do? What should you send? Let's first of all, let's talk about why this matters. And then let's talk about how to actually do it. So why this matters? Well, I'm going to give you four things that why this matters. Number one is remember, this is a relationship business. This is a relationship business. Remember, people do business with people they know, like and trust. One of the things that maybe you've heard me say before is to go after relationships, not gigs go after relationships, not gigs. So whenever we go speak at some event, I don't want to just do some one-off random thing. I want to build a relationship with that person so that they want to hire me long-term, that they want to refer me long-term, that they want to bring me back at some point as well. So remember, this is a relationship business. Second reason is this is why it matters to give thank yous and to show appreciation is again, this is helpful for long-term business. So again, like I said, I want more than just one gig. I want repeat business. I want referrals from that particular client. So I want to go above and beyond and showing my gratitude and appreciation for them. Number three, the reason why this matters is it's unexpected. The reality is, unfortunately, most speakers don't do this. Most speakers don't show any type of appreciation or thank you after the event. So, I think it's just kind of, it helps you to stand out from the crowd. And then the fourth thing I would say about why this matters is number one, this is a relationship business. Number two, it's helpful for long term business. Number three, it's unexpected. And number four, it's polite. Like, as a human, it's just, a nice thing to do right like isn't this stuff like we learned in preschool and elementary just saying like thank you for something when someone does something for you so in this situation we think maybe in business well it doesn't really apply no no absolutely does someone just decided to invest you know hundreds or thousands of dollars in bringing you to come speak so show some appreciation, show some gratitude, and just being polite for them doing that. Now, how do you actually do this? And, and what do you actually do? I'm going to give you five things that we do. These are five very specific things. So you may want to write these down. But five ways that we show appreciation and just demonstrate thank you after an event. So first thing I do, number one, is that I give them a handwritten thank you card at the event. I give them a handwritten thank you card at the event. So I had some like some personal thank you cards that were made for us a couple years ago. And and i travel with those. I always have a stack of them in my backpack. So a lot of times I'll write not only a thank you note to the client, the person that actually hired me, but if there's any key people who I also worked with at the event, I will write thank you notes to them. So like I said, I just have a stack of those in my bag. I would encourage you to do the same. Even if you just get some at an office supply store or Walmart or whatever, and just get some generic thank you cards and just travel with them in your bag. Like It's always good to just write thank you notes. Like there are moments that when people experience a thank you note, that just really says a lot. And so a handwritten thank you note, I think really sets you apart. So first thing that I do is again, I give the client a handwritten thank you card at the event. Second thing number two is we'll send them a thank you email a few days later. So oftentimes, depending on when we speak or what the nature of the event is, when I leave and I go home, the event either is still going on or they're still wrapping up. And so they're still like head down on the event and they're still pretty consumed with it. So, usually a day or two later, I'll send them some type of thank you. Hey, I hope the event ended well for you. I hope you're doing well. I hope everything else went smooth. And I just want to tell you again how much I appreciated it. It was a lot of fun working with you. You're great. If you need anything in the future, let me know, yada yada. So, again, sending them a thank you email a few days later. Third thing that happens, is they get a thank you email from my assistant. Now, Lisa is someone that's been working on our team for about 8 years at this point, so she works a lot with our clients on the logistics, the details, travel, all that stuff. So, a lot of times Lisa's had a lot of interaction with the client as well. So, she will send them a thank you of because she enjoyed working with them. She appreciated the work that they did and to make her job easier. So she will send a thank you as well. So if there's anyone on your team or anybody that was actively involved with working with that client, it'd be good for them to send a thank you email as well. The fourth thing that we do is that we send them a thank you gift of some kind. Now, for us personally, we usually send cookies. We send those from uh, Mrs. Fields. I don't even know the website. It <laughs> Lisa takes care of that. So you can just go to like Mrs. Fields and, and order cookies. And, and again, it doesn't have to be cookies. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know that cookies are the best option because the reality is, is some people may have allergies. Some people may not like cookies. I th- can't imagine that. Cookies are delicious and wonderful but just sending some type of thank you gift. Now, again, we do basically a tin of cookies for all of our clients. But if you want to do something more custom, you could try to do a I've seen some speakers that will do a gift card for that particular client, depending on what it is that they liked. I'll give you a quick example. I This was not for a speaking engagement, but I did something recently where I met with someone and I wanted to send them a thank you. And they basically mentioned how much they like Mexican food. They mentioned this one specific restaurant, so I got a a gift card to that specific Mexican restaurant and sent them a gift card. So you could do something that's more custom like that. I know one speaker who actually they would take a picture with the client or with like the leadership team or you know some of the key people from the event, take a picture with them, and then they would frame that picture and send it to to the client so that's something as well so sending some type of i think it's good to send some type of like physical tangible thank you gift and again the more custom you can make it i think the better the fifth and final thing that we do is that we ask to send a thank you to their boss okay so here's what i mean by that is we will email the client the client that we worked with and ask if we can get the email address or the contact information for their boss for who it is that they report to then what we do is we will send an email to their boss, and then we will blind carbon copy, BCC, the our client, who our, our contact is. And basically, all we're doing there is just saying to the boss, saying, hey, we just worked with Susan. Susan hired us to come speak at this event. The event was awesome. I just wanted you to know how much we enjoyed working with Susan. Her team was amazing. The conference was awesome. You're really lucky to have someone like Susan on your team. And we just brag on that person. I mean, think about it. if someone brags on you to your boss, and they do that in front of you. That is huge. That is amazing. Do you remember like in elementary, maybe like an open house or parent teacher conference or something? And there would be a time where your teacher would like brag on you in front of you. Like to your parents. like That was amazing. People absolutely love that. So that's just a kind of a unique thing that we like to do is we like to email the boss just to say, hey, we just wanted you to know from our perspective as an outsider that this person's awesome and you made a great choice in hiring this person and you're lucky to have them on your team and they did wonderful and were great to work with and yada yada. So that's just, a, again, some kind of unique that we like to do to brag to the boss. So those are the five things that we do, the actual physical things that we do after the event to show appreciation. So again, number one, give a thank you card, a handwritten thank you card at the event. Number two, send them a thank you email a few days later. Number three, a thank you email from Lisa or anyone on your team that interacted with the client. Number four, a thank you gift, ideally some type of physical thing that you send them. And then number five, some type of thank you email or thank you card to their boss to brag on them. So those are the five things that we do. Again, great question, Stephanie. I hope that helps.
1: Hey, Grant. My name is John Mauser. I live in Dallas, Texas. My website is uh, www.johnmauser.org. My question is, the first book I wrote is testimony book about where I've come out of, what I've been through, and what I'm doing today. I would like to know, since I'm building my public speaker platform, and I have other books that I'm fixing to publish, And I've spoke at several youth things. I've spoke at different churches before. But I'd like to know if I need to make that a non-profit because that book's going to be donated to prisons and stuff like that. And do I make the rest for profit or do I just do it all for profit? I'd like to know your insight there. I'm still working full time. So if you could just give me a little insight there, that'd be awesome. Thanks, man. Bye-bye.
0: All right, thanks for the question, John. Now, a uh, couple things I'll tell you right out of the bat. I'll give you some high level feedback on this, but if you're looking for some more help, you definitely want to check out episode 72 episode 72 with Josh Bowerly. Josh is our CPA or or accountant and does all of our taxes and all that stuff. He also talks about business structures, for-profits, nonprofits, all that stuff. So definitely go back, listen to episode 72 plus. You also want to listen to episode 38. In episode 38, we talk about the best business structure for speaking. So definitely recommend those two episodes right out of the gate here, episode 72 and episode 38. Now, I'll give you a little disclaimer that, again, I am not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a tax professional. So anything I'm getting ready to tell you, don't take as legal advice, right? So let's get that out of the way. Now, my primary question for John and just kind of hearing his question would be why do you think that you need to be a nonprofit? Now, oftentimes, we think like I'm doing something to try to help people, therefore, I, I think I have to be a nonprofit. That's not true. Like, you can be a for profit and you can still help people and still do good. Like, John specifically asked about wanting to donate books to prisons. You don't have to be a nonprofit in order to donate. You can literally just be a human and then go donate. You can go to a Goodwill or Salvation Army and, and donate something. And just as a human, you don't have to be any specific business designation in order to be able to do that. In our business, I've donated a lot of books in the past. But again, you don't have to be a for-profit or a nonprofit in order to do that. Now, in some situations, you can actually get a tax deduction for your donation, product or service. But again, that's something you would want to consult a tax professional on the specifics of your situation. Now, let me give you a little caution for John and for anyone here that part of being a speaker is helping other people and and making a difference. Now, oftentimes we think that there's something wrong with earning money for helping others. And so we think that being a nonprofit takes money out of the equation and we just want to help people. But this is not true. Okay, You have to receive value for the value that you give. You receive value for the value that you give. And I know for a lot of speakers that this is a big mental hurdle because it may seem weird to earn money from helping people. It's like, I, I want to help people. I don't want to have to profit off of this but all businesses everywhere is basically helping and serving people and providing a solution to their problem so here's my cautionary advice okay this is for john and for anybody if your heart is bigger than your head you'll be broke if your heart is bigger than your head you'll be broke meaning if you try to help everyone and donate all of your products and services you will be broke Listen, I am all for helping people as a speaker and personally for me as a speaker and with the Speaker Lab and what we do. But at the same time, I have a responsibility to provide for my own family. Like, I don't know about you. I like to eat and live indoors. Those things are important to me. So I find that the more people I help, the more money we make, and the more money we make, the more people we can help. It's really a very circular pattern there. Personally, we've given away significant amounts of money. Last year, actually, we made more money than we ever had, but we also actually gave away more than we ever had. That was a really cool, rewarding feeling for my wife and I, is to know that we gave away last year more than we ever had before. And so, the short answer is again, you don't need to be a nonprofit to help people. If you think you need to be a nonprofit, you definitely want to consult with a, a tax professional. But whether you're a nonprofit or a for profit, remember that you still have to eat and live indoors. So, you can't let your heart be bigger than your head. You can't just say, I just want to help everybody and I'm going to take care of everybody else, but not take care of yourself. That's just poor stewardship and that's just bad business. So, make sure again that you, you help other people absolutely. And again, you don't have to be a nonprofit or for profit to do that. But Make sure at the end of the day that you remember that as a speaker, you are running a business. And so you're responsible to take care and provide for yourself and for your family. Great question, John. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed those discussions, conversations, chit-chat chatteroos from Stephanie and John there about uh, client thank yous and nonprofit and for-profit and all that stuff. And I uh, hope that was helpful. Again, if you have a question, definitely stop by thespeakerlab.com. Go to the Ask Grant tab right at the top there. Leave us your voicemail question, and we would absolutely love to hear from you. We'd love to have your answer your question on an upcoming episode of the show, preferably, again, voicemail question. So drop that in, again, over at thespeakerlab.com. Hey, also, I'll remind you one more time, if you haven't already, you definitely want to stop by free speakerworkshop.com, freespeakerworkshop.com. Every single week we do a a free live training teaching you a system on all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So you definitely want to stop by freespeakerworkshop.com and check that out. All right, boys and girls, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.